Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi ladhin astafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatim al-anbiya. Wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya. Amma ba'd. A few days ago I shared a statement that some people they start their life in one place and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divinely guides them and they take a turn. And these people have a, have a unique story of tawbah. They found themselves in a place where life wasn't making sense anymore. They've tried a particular thing, they've rinsed it and repeated it, but it's just not working. So at some point the insan then asks, what's the point of all of this? Where am I going with my life? Will I continue to make the same mistake repeatedly without any change? There was a prominent tabi'i who started his life off in a similar place. He was a soldier, spent a lot of his life intoxicated, would drink a lot. He got married and after being married he had a child. His child was very dear to him. You know when children are young, fathers, they coddle them, they hug them, they kiss them, they sleep with them, they have the kids live on top of them. And this child of his, when he would drink, what he, in his own words, he says that when I would drink, my child would knock the bottle out of my hand and almost like choke me, this baby. And I always felt that this was a, a message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I should change my ways. But the um, junoon and the craze of sin was so heavy on him that he wasn't able to break out of it. Unfortunately, he was tested with one of the greatest tests in life. His child passed away. His heart was broken. He was in a lot of pain. That he was so connected to his child and his child meant everything. And now the child was gone. So he says one night he was sleeping. 
And in his sleep, he saw there was this massive serpent chasing him. So he was terrified and he began to run. And he was running full speed and behind him is this serpent that's catching up with him. Running between valleys, trying to escape it. And then he notices that there is a man standing on the side of the road, a sheikh, who has these beautiful garments on, very nice, white, clean clothes. He runs to the sheikh and says to him, help me. There is a snake running after me. I need help. The sheikh said to him in this dream, I'm too weak. I'm not strong enough to face that sheikh. Why don't you run ahead to face that snake? You run ahead and you'll find something. So he ran ahead, ahead, ahead. He climbed some hill and he was looking around and all he can see, there were flames everywhere. There was fire everywhere. And it was as if he was going to fall inside and that snake was catching up. And if he took one more step, he would fall off the cliff right in the fire. As he was pushing closer and closer to that edge and the snake was coming to him, he heard a voice saying, this isn't your abode, leave here. So he said in that moment, I felt some comfort that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had protected me from the fire of hell. Because in this dream, the fire was saying to him, this is not for you, get out of here. So he said, I escaped from there and I ran. And that, that snake was still chasing him. He went back to that old man who was there and he said to him, buddy, why don't you help me? You look like the only decent person here. You look like you're in peace. You can do something. He said, I'm too weak. I can't help you. However, if you go through this path, you'll see there are people there. If you join those people, you will be safe. So he ran. He saw this beautiful mountain and the description that he gives of this location, this area that he arrived to, is very vivid. It's beautiful, ornament place, all sorts of fragrance, and it looks beautiful and gorgeous. He enters into that community, and there he sees there are young children everywhere. And in that moment of frenzy and terror, among the faces, he sees the face of his beautiful young daughter that had left him. And he stops in his tracks, and, her, and the daughter runs to her father and says, Baba, and she hugs him. He says that there's a snake following me. He says, don't, she says, don't worry about the snake. I'll take care of that for you. The snake comes, she makes a gesture, and the snake disappears. And then she sits her father down and takes her right hand and grabs his beard and said to him, Alam amanu an has a time not come for those who believe that their hearts fear Allah? How long will you continue to live this life? She's, he said, what's going on here? She said, we are children who have all left our parents at a young age. We are here waiting for the day of judgment so that we can meet our parents and we will intercede on their behalf and take them to Jannah with us. No snake is going to harm you. I'm walking you to Jannah, inshallah. So the father started crying. And she said, as for that man that you saw, that old man, that was your good deeds. Too weak to help you in the hereafter. And that snake, your bad deeds. You fed it too much. You made it too strong. Baba, change your life. He woke up from his sleep. And it was at that point that 
the birth of the great Alim Malik bin Dinar occurred. He went from being a soldier who spent his life intoxicated to the next morning doing tawbah. And Malik bin Dinar ta'ala, then took an oath that he would never drink again. And he spun his whole life around. Everything changed. He becomes a scholar that great muhaddithun are referencing. He didn't narrate too many narrations, by the way. Some of the scholars say he narrates at maximum 40 ahadith. But it wasn't because he didn't have the knowledge of hadith. Like some of the other scholars that I mentioned in, early, in previous nights, they were afraid to narrate from Rasulullah They were overwhelmed by the responsibility, the weight, the accountability. So they had a lot of ahadith from Nabi Wasallam, but they would be careful. Where is that generation and where is today's ummah? People passing opinions and statements and fatwas on the deen and quoting Quran and hadith left, right and center without a single speck of knowledge. They've committed zero years of their life to studying the deen, yet so much courage, inflated ego, baseless human beings, no substance at all, but the first people to speak. And Imam Malik said, that there are people in our community. This is Imam Malik, who is from the generation of the Tabi'ut Tabi'is. Imam Malik is saying, among us are people who are giving fatwa, they are more deserving to be in prison than to speak on behalf of the deen. They should be imprisoned for speaking about the deen. This is the muhaddith and faqih, Imam Malik. And that's Imam Malik bin Aras, the, 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 the sahib muatta. And this story is regarding Imam Malik bin Dinar. He then dedicated his life to teaching the deen and was one of the great scholars. And even when he passed away, his students say we were there at that moment. And he was making dua to Allah and in the state of dua, he passed away. Today's moment of living with the righteous is about finding your awakening. When will you wake up? Alam amanu an when will your life change? How long will we continue like this? When will we turn it around and say that this isn't working? I've seen it in my uncles, my aunts, my community, my community back home, my community here locally. Everyone's running in that same old stinky rat race. And nobody makes it out of it. Everyone's just running on the hamster wheel in circles and circles. I'll share one story. When I was young, we, we, we lived in a small town in Kentucky. This is where I was born and this is where I spent most of my life. There was no halal restaurant, no halal food there. So there was a, a routine that there were Muslims that would go to nearby states where there were bigger communities, purchase halal meat, literally bring it back in a big van or truck, store it in the masjid, and then people would come and pay and take their portion. Only 25, 30 families, so it was... A small shop, small little project that we had going on. One Ramadan, when I was visiting from Madrasa, so I was back home in Kentucky, the Imam, he was going to drive out to, if I'm correct, Indiana or Ohio. It was like a three, four hour drive. So he said to me, Hussein, you're not doing much, you're at home. Why don't you come along and give me company? I said, sure. I've always enjoyed poetry, so I took a cassette those days. There were these TDK 90 minute and 60 minute cassettes. I took one of those that had poetry on there and I put it in my pocket. I was thinking that if driving with the Imam gets boring, I'll just pop this in and kill time. 
So we sat in the car, little gupshup, chit-chat. We went silent. We were just driving through the beautiful mountains in Kentucky. There's this western part of Kentucky that's absolutely gorgeous. So I took the cassette and I popped it in the cassette player. The guy on there started reading poetry, and as he was reading poetry, he was singing it. Like Urdu, we call it Natiya Kalam. He was singing it a little bit. So the sheikh in that moment, immediately, while he's driving on the highway, he took his finger, jammed it into the eject button, pulled the cassette out, and threw it at me. I was puzzled. I didn't know what was going on. So I said, Sheikh, he was just reading poetry about the Prophet of Allah, والسلام, why did you take it out? He said, I don't care about the words. The tune that guy was doing is taken directly from a Bollywood song. Now, any normal human being in this situation, there is an obvious question that pops up. So I asked him, I said, how do you know? How do you know it's a Bollywood song, Imam? He then said something that most likely changed my life. That statement of his had a big impact on me. I don't know why I joined him on that drive to, to Ohio that day. Maybe it was to hear the statement. He said, Hussein, everyone has a past. Only the smart know when it's ready to move forward. Everyone has a past. The question is, are you still living your past at 40 years of age in this dunya? Are you still the same person? When are you going to move forward? When are you going to open the Quran? When are you going to do sajda? When is your life going to change? When will your awakening come? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq and awaken these hearts. May He reel them in and bring us to His muhabba and give us strength to stand against our nafs and shaitan. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.